Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for life and leadership in Christ. Powered by Greg Fay Insurance. Call Greg today for all of your insurance needs, the coverage you need, the customer service you deserve. I love working with Greg. You will too. I promise. Today on the podcast, I'm so excited to share with you a friend that was introduced to me by another great coach, Amy Marsloff. This guy's name is Anthony Thompson. Anthony Thompson is a leadership expert. He's a coach, and he has probably written a Bible devotion that you've read on the YouVersion Bible app. One of the things that he does is helps take uh, information and make it really easy to um consume. And so I love, love, love the way that Anthony works. He really wants to help you get unfrustrated with your life and business and wrestle through some of life's greatest questions. So now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Anthony Thompson. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited today to have fellow coach and author and speaker, podcaster extraordinaire, Anthony Thompson. Anthony, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Well, Tony, it's going to be sensational. I know it. I know it. You bring a different kind of energy just in all of your social media stuff. You've done so many different things. I always love to start from the macro and kind of ask the question, how would you define kind of the overarching calling God has placed on your life? Prepare people for the end in mind. Drill down on that a little bit for me. Like yeah, what, what so, that mean? So, what that look like on a random yeah. Thursday in January? <clears throat> random Thursday. Random Thursday here in Scottsdale. You know, uh, it, it literally is Matthew 25, the parable of the talents, is, was something that struck out struck me as just my life in a nutshell. And it wasn't the, it wasn't the good parable guy. It wasn't like the guy that was like, Hey, I doubled my talents. And the other guy's like, Hey, I doubled mine. No, I was the guy that buried it, was scared, afraid, you know, worried about what other people thought of them, buried it and, and, and did that. And, and then, and then I would complain and I would get jealous and I would have resentment and I would have all those kinds of things until finally I, I had some moments with the Lord where it was like, Hey, if you can get into this lane, if you could start doing this, and that's where I started getting more and more downloads to where, you know, people love Covey's book, right? Uh, um, uh, what's the, what's the main Covey book? Highly effective people. Yeah. Yeah. Seven habits, right? It's, it's live with the end in mind. And so that, that hit me and I just felt like the Lord was like, Hey, I want you to prepare people for the end in mind. They know they're going there at some point. So I want you to ask them those questions right now of how, how and what they're doing to get there. And, and and that's that's spiritual, financial, relational, uh, emotional, all of those all of those things. We're all gonna sit before the Lord. So that that to me is is just the easiest way for me to just you know keep marching forward with that. You know, I imagine that there's a listener who's hearing you say all this, and their first thought is, "Well, I, I don't know that I ever think about the end." Right, the end in mind. How do we how do we begin to kind of unpack what? what the end goal is for us. How do we begin to kind of go down that road when you're working with somebody who's just got that deer in the headlights look, what's the first rock to look under? Well, you know, I, I, I tended to kind of navigate sometimes where people are, but then sometimes just what are really shocking and, 
um, cemetery shocked me. Mm. And, um, you know, until you start dancing with death, you don't really start to c consider those things, you know, and younger people, obviously they're not dancing with death. You know, I think sometimes COVID did bring a little bit of a dance with death for people. Uh, you know, but it's also, it's just, it's that dash in the year, right? Like somebody's born and then somebody's died and then there's a dash and that's it. That's your life. And you know, what we do with that dash matters. So I like to, um, I used to have some of my best creative writing was in cemeteries and I would sit there and I just would get emotional because I would walk down rows thinking, what did they leave behind? Like what, what idea, what dream did they just say, oh, it's too hard or I didn't have the money for it or I didn't have the right people around me. What if, if they had that extra chance, what, what would they do different? And that, that just, that tears me up. Yeah. One of the things that I learned about you as I was doing a little bit of research is that your mom passed away at a, a pretty uh, young age from a drug overdose. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you can kind of share a little bit about your Genesis story and how that kind of propels you today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll be the end of this month will be, geez, I can't remember how many years it's been. Let's see, 43 minus eight. It, that's when it gets tricky is when you got to do the math. 35 years. Mm -hmm. um, 35 years, my my uh, mom, she had me when she was 15, south side of Chicago, youngest of six kids, Catholic, uh, Polish-Italian family, not a great spot, not a great place. My grandparents raised me. And then, you know, first seven years were just kind of existing with my grandparents. Uh, and then year eight rolls around, my mom was hardly ever there. Uh, but I'll never forget a phone call I got from her. And you know those old phones, those ro those those ro you know, yeah. and you spin it again. He's like, those are fun. Well, I pick, yeah, those are fun. I, I pick one of those. That was that's that's what we had in the house. And you you have really long those really long cords, right? So you can kind of almost like go 50, like fifty yards, but you shouldn't, but you do. So I was in this. I get the call. It's my mom. She says, "Hey, I'm going to come see you this weekend." I said, "Awesome. I'm really excited." Hung up the phone. Went back to play. And next thing I know, it just never happened. Hmm. And um, she had a drug overdose on Super Bowl weekend. And so that, that sort of brought me into a whole new relationship with my parents now, who was my kin. They were my mother's uh, oldest sister wow. and, and brother. So my aunt and uncle took me on, preachers, and transformed my life in that way. Like that was a huge shift. Coming out of where I was at, south side of Chicago and everything that goes on there, to getting into a stable home, um, you know, word of faith, fundamental, uh, character driven, you know, most of the stuff that most people hate, but a, a, as you get older, you look back and like, man, if I didn't have that, you know, life would have been much, much different. So that was a real, um, miracle story for me. And that really, um, you know, as much as like those first seven years, you can, I don't use them as a crutch. It's not a calling card. Uh, we're all going through crap. Everyone dies. Stuff happens. Uh, it's more of a trophy that I look and say, man, look what God did. What a trophy. All right. I, I love to ask this question of PKs because I have yeah. three of my own, right? I have a an almost 18-year-old, which is hard <laughs> to believe, a senior in high school, linebacker, uh, just great kid. I, I yes. know how much he loves sports, so I threw that in there. Uh, yes. I, I got a middle middle son. 13, also a linebacker, and then a princess who's 
who's actually the best athlete out of all of them. They probably won't ever listen to this, so I can say that really confidently, right? Like she's she's tumbling and doing comp cheer. So you you uh, you end up being a PK, and yet you still love the Lord. What advice yeah. would you give to the pastors who are listening, uh, like me, to my wife and I, Karen and I? on how do we help our kids stay in love with the Lord and even though they're PKs? Yeah. Well, I wasn't like, I was the worst PK. So um, I'll give you the worst PK scenario. So imagine, you know, growing up in that, in that, you know, nineties era, there wasn't like Christians that were cool. Yeah. That No, I don't. Non-existent, yeah. bro. Non-existent. So you go to school and you're somewhat cool and you're somewhat popular and you're in sports, you know, and then being like, oh, I'm a Christian. Nah, that 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 wasn't a cool thing. That CJ Stroud, like him getting all this God love you. No, that wasn't happening. This was like and so I I didn't go anywhere near a church because church was my equation was church was for losers. Church was for people that weren't good enough. Church were for people that actually weren't athletes or talented or skilled. And so that was most of my upbringing. And so I steered far away. I went into celebrity PR out of college, didn't have a degree, just felt like that was something that I could do and worked my way in there and through there until, um, you know, I thought I was the man. I was in the red carpets with A-list celebrities every weekend, single, you know, um, the dream for early 20s, the dream in L.A., right? In the middle of that, I um, have a friend that works for a TV evangelist, like the big one. Like, I'll tell you, I'll say his name in a second, but he was a big one. And I was intrigued because at the time, again, back then, pastors weren't really intermingling with people that were influential, you know? So I, so I was take me back a few years and I was, you know, I was up with Hillsong, you know? And so the whole celebrity culture and and what I was accustomed to, you know, whether it was Bieber or whether it was athletes or whether it was whatever, that was pretty normal for us. Back when I was growing up, that was not normal. But this evangelist, he had ties into government, um, influence, bo- you know, uh, boxing, whatever. So I got into it. He calls me, says, hey, let's hang out. I'm looking for people who work for me. I said, sure, I'll hang out. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. We go to Beverly Hills. We walk the streets. We're doing our thing. He, we have lunch. He brings, he invites me over to his house. I say, sure, I'll come. And I just kind of spilled my guts. I said, I just feel like the church sucks. I was misplaced. I don't like it. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and he just listens and he kept asking me, come work for me. And so finally, after like the fifth time, I said, listen, man, like, just so you know, I do drugs and I sleep with girls. Like this isn't, you know, this isn't a thing where like you come out of church and you come into my hotel room. Like, I don't want you to see that. He goes, well, can you stop? I said, well, I can try. He said, all right. And I left and I felt like at that point, the conversation was in my heart. It was, what if he doesn't ask you again? And I felt pretty, pretty secure that I could probably get another PR job. I could probably leverage that, but I don't know if I could ever do this again. So I signed on, I started working for him. I did everything from take his kids to school to set up chairs to it was it, it was a large organization until three months in I was in Athens, Greece. <clears throat> During worship calls me up, calls me on stage, says my name, prays for me, and I feel like literally like my soul was rescued from hell. It's just a giant shift mm. in my life. It was like I was crying all day, all night. 
Um, and that shook and shifted everything enough for me to like get my conscience back to where I was like, you know what? Yeah, I don't, I know doing drugs isn't the right thing. I know sleeping with girls and, you know, so your conscience becomes restored. And then that really shifted everything in my life to just start navigating towards Lord, what's, what do you got for me? What's, what's on this side of the page? And that, um, evangelist was Benny Hinn. Wow. So him and I are still close. Uh, talk to him all the time. He's he's um, he's been very gracious, and we're friends. And um, I'm always I'm always on his side. And and it's not it's it's most people don't like him, but man, he 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 put his nuts out there for me. So yeah. I, I'm I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> that's amazing. I didn't. Yeah. Um, h- how do you deal with? in your own life now that you're the, uh, and I, I say this lovingly cause I think we're about the same age now that you're the elder statesman, right? Like, yeah. uh, you're, you're at least in the second scene of your life, you know, how are yeah. you bringing guys like younger you around you so that you can pour into them and give them those opportunities? Cause if, if Benny didn't give you that opportunity, we probably wouldn't be talking here today. Certainly, you know, yeah, like, What's your practice of bringing people around you? Yeah, I, um, man, I, I just, one of the orgs I was uh, working with lately, I was the oldest guy there, which is really odd for me. And so, you know, you navigate younger people with first, just like anything, you know, Dale Carnegie's book is great. You know, just get interested in other people, get curious. And, you know, coaching is curiosity. And so I, I get genuinely interested in them. And I, I always, and I think you would do the same, Tony, like you recognize leadership. One, I just recognize leadership. If there's game that can be recognized, I will recognize game. I will call that out so fast. And when leaders get called out that you recognize a gift inside of them, man, God does, God just all of a sudden twists something there quickly. And so there's plenty of those moments when, you know, I just say, what do you, I just work on that. I leaders find leaders, man. And I just call them out just like Jesus did. So that's been the most effective for me. And then, you know, usually build through sports and just taking time with them and and how to help and, you know, just generalities and stuff like that. One of the things I appreciate about you is your willingness to dive into different areas. And I always love to ask high capacity leaders, how, how do you discern God's voice versus your will? What do you tell them? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what do you tell them? What, what do you mean? What do I tell them? <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> I always like to ask. <laughs> so what? So when you ask them, what do they? What do they say? <laughs> well, they usually say something about scripture or uh, a term that I use. I, I have a council of the godly, right? Like so, uh, it's like a Justice League kind of table that in my lives in my mind with men and women who I respect around it, right? And so, you know, obviously prayer check with scripture, talk to the council of the godly. That's the typical answer. I'm curious mm. if yours is any different. Yeah. I mean, it would be probably very much aligned with what you're saying. I think the hardest thing for high level leaders is that they're so intelligent. Yeah. And so I like to crack down on their intelligence and really challenge their time with God. The hardest thing for a leader is time with God. I don't care what they say. I don't care how, even if they say in their car, 
I challenge there's so there's so much of those lanes that they BS themselves in because I, I know because I did right. like my hands up like, yeah, oh, I'm doing I'm reading my Bible. I'm a if you ask most people their spiritual walk, they'll be like, yeah, I'm like a seven. Right. OK, sure. Sure. You are. OK, what would you know? And what's an eight? Like, you know, they there's so much fudging on those things that it's it really comes down to ownership and honesty. I appreciate that. How, how do you decide uh, who you work with in terms of what's the right person that you're trying to bring in? How do you decide the leaders that are that get some of your time and say the right yeses and the right nos? Well, there's never like the right or wrong. I just I vet everybody. I I would vet as if I was hiring somebody, you know, because if someone's not willing to do the work for starters. In the beginning, they're not going to do the work. In the end, if they think it's going to be a magic pill in the beginning, then you know, then that that's that's more of the sifting. Is some people think they can buy their way out of it? They'd be like, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll pay all this, and it'll be vanishly gone." You know, I'm like, "No, you you actually you, you know you're doing the work." So there's a lot of like little processes and systems and homework that you know I look at for people to see if if they're humble enough to want to learn. That's the biggest thing. When you decide to write something, because you've written, how many devotionals have you written for you version? Oh man, I don't, I, I'm I, I I lost track. I mean, it's over fifteen. It's yeah. probably close to twenty something. I like was that. thinking twenty is about where I had you. Um, okay. How do how do you decide what the next thing to write is? Like, take me through that creative process because you you yeah. do a really good job of taking things that aren't necessarily you're taking world-based principles and you kind of add them to the you put them in the lens of the text uh scripturally and then you know for hundreds of thousands of downloads on you version using that model take us through that creative process um i mean I, it used to be i i'll tell you what i used to do i used to just be like let's it would be the huge marketing hat and it would well not quite marketing there was things i wanted to write but i'd be like oh yeah that would be really cool if i did this and um as of you know probably like 7 or 8 months ago i was like yeah you're an idiot like you know what if it's going to work like god's going to have to figure this thing out cuz if i start relying on cool tricks and tips and stuff like that. Then I, I, I just felt like I wasn't really trusting God in the process. So like, for example, let's talk about this, this one that just got released in uh, January is Jocko. And I've had this, I've, you know, I just, I feel like most clients I talk to are familiar with Jocko. I feel like most leaders understand Jocko, like Jocko, love his ideas um, and so I just, just start, kind of started praying about that and said, you know, is there something there? And, and it, and I didn't get anything else, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, try this or try, you know, I didn't get anything else. And so I was like, cool. I just felt like, um, there was a couple things in my men's group we were talking about and I was like, cool, let's just go into, um, let's go into this. And then when you said how I do it, the breakdown, the reason why I do it that way, Tony, is because you know, again, it goes into how I was, I was brought up was that, you know, the Bible was boring. Uh, it's hard to find stuff for you. John Maxwell starts like crushing life because he takes everything in the Bible and spins it so that it doesn't sound like it's in the Bible, but it is in the Bible. And so that was like, 
that was, man, look at John Maxwell. Look at all the impact he has. And he's a Christian. How cool is that? But people don't really know. You know, it was kind of like that narrative. And so I went off on tangents of like, you know, mystic books, Pantangeles, Bhagavad Gita, Quran, Torah. I went through all of those types of stuff and all these self-development books, read them all and was like, and as I was sifting, sorting, filtering, I just felt like, man, like this sounds exactly like some of the stuff in Proverbs. And so I was like, screw it. I'm going to do the other. I'm going to do reverse. I'm going to take all these things that all these people say that people think are just the the greatest things on planet earth. And I'm going to show you exactly in the Bible where you can find it. Hey guys, just pausing this conversation with Anthony to remind you to check out Trent Bargy real estate, elevate and is where you need to go to find your next home, whether that's your dream home an investment property, your second home, everything you need is at elevate and Ask to speak to Trent. Tell him Tony sent you. He's an incredible guy who wants to help you into your next space. Speaking of spaces, I'm so excited to announce a brand new partnership with one of my favorite companies, Five Star Home Services. Five Star Home Services practices what they call profit on purpose, where they give back to the community. They work with people and second chance employers. They're out of Xenia, Ohio, and they are one of my favorite, favorite companies. If you're looking for HVAC, heating, cooling, plumbing, or electric, go to fivestarhomeservices.com and get the information you need. Tell them Tony sent you, and they will take great care of you. I'm so excited for how God is working through Five Star and what they're doing to help our community. Fivestarhomeservices.com today. Now, let's finish up our conversation with Anthony. Do the authors of the books that you do that for, do they ever reach out to you? Have you, did Jocko like, dude, I saw that you, you turned this into a devotional. How's that work for you? <laughs> not yet. I actually had a friend. Um, one of the reasons why I do it is because book titles are not copyrighted. You can't copyright a book title. So that's one of the little ways to get around it. But I've had, I've had none of them contact me. No. I was really hoping that somebody would be like, dude, I'm so, you know, like I look at, if I ever wrote a book, I'd want somebody to turn it into a devotional. That'd be great. That's only going to make everything better. So it is, I think Jordan Peterson's on tour about a lot of, um, religious type things. Yeah. I mean, there's, cause I, I, I took his rules of life and, you know, just sort of workshop those into the Bible. And yeah, I, I, again, like, I just think, is it hard to go through the Bible that way? Yes, it is. Did God give us a playbook for life? Yes, he did. Does it say that if you seek for wisdom as if it's hidden treasure, you'll find it? Yes, it does. Do you seek for wisdom as it's hidden treasure as if it is in the Bible? No, you don't. So you don't get what you don't search for. One of the things that I've also noticed is that you've got kind of that entrepreneurial spirit about you that you're kind of creating and doing stuff. How, how did you know that you wanted to be a coach and how, how was that kind of developed in your life? Well, it, again, it kind of goes back to the pastor thing. I don't want to be like, I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to preach on Sundays all the time. Like, I don't want to be relegated to that. But I think there's a lot of influence and trust that's built with people. And that was something that's always been really high on my list. I mean, if if you're talking soft skills, like I'm the guy, you send me in anywhere and I'll get in. Um, that's just been like what I've been able to do my whole life. So if I could use that 
and give God glory and bring people like to Jesus that is maybe unexpected and sit with leaders, you know, that have that time with those types of people to be courageous enough to ask those questions, then I've got to, you know, I've got to do what, what I feel like, you know, God's given me the gifts and talents with and max them out. So that's kind of how it shifted into, you know, coaching became like, I was really big into Jay Shetty. So there's another thing, right? So I start going down the Buddhist, whatever, getting into Jay Shetty put me into his coaching school. And so I trained with all of their coaches and, and with Jay, that's how it happened. And I was like, I'm going to get in here because there's no Christians in here. So I'm going to take all of this and I'm going to, you know, use it in a way that would benefit people that follow Jesus. That's such a, a fascinating mindset. I, I love the, I, the kind of it's it's a very just evangelistic way to think about it, which now thinking about the guy that brought you to Christ, that, that makes a lot of sense, right? Like that, yeah. that checks out pretty quick. That um, when, when you work with leaders and what I'm about to ask you is really unfair, but here we are. Okay. So how would you describe kind of the atmosphere of leadership in today's world? Like what's the, what's the culture light like amongst the leaders that you work with specifically, uh, you know, the Christian leaders in the workplace, what's the, you know, what's the state of the union out there? Oh, I mean, it, I'd say it's a lack of trust, like a lack of, um, because we're so busy and everybody's doing everything. There's not really a place for these leaders to go and a lot of times share their real thoughts of, where they are, where they're going. You don't want to do it with your wife. You're going to kill her. You don't want to do it with somebody at work because you don't know where that information is going to go. You don't want to do it with a board member again because you don't know where that information is going to go. There's just, there's a lot of channels where, you know, men and women are sitting there like, I don't know who to talk to or what to do next. I don't want to talk to my girlfriends because they don't have enough time or my, my men's group is, you know, we're kind of centered on this. So I think there's just um, there becomes just that space and finding somebody that you can trust. Yeah, I think that that's that's been my experience too. Do you, do you have any tips on breaking down the the trust barrier for those leaders? You got any any go to kind of things to uh, to lean into when you know for the leader out there who feels isolated and alone. Yeah. I mean, you got to do what you don't want to do. You know, Ryan Holiday's book is one of my favorites. I don't like to recommend it because it's not a Christian book, but the principle is absolutely dynamite. It's the obstacle is the way. That's absolutely it. Do the thing you don't want to do. Uh, it's going to take everything in you to do it. You know, people are like, oh, well, I, don't, I don't need to talk to talk. You don't know what you don't know. You know, when you take another step up level wise, you know, let's say whatever org you're in, take another step up level wise, you know, in work. And you'll find that most of those high level leaders have a coach, an advisory person in their life that is paid, that is walking them down this road of reality, of truth. If anything, it's just a road of reality and truth so that they can do again, like I said before, the end in mind so they can get to the end and be like, hey you know what? I did everything in my power to max out what God has given me. Hmm. What are some of the things that you do every day 
your disciplines, your go-to non-negotiables or the, the rhythms that you like to keep in order to continue running at such a high pace? We had a, um, we had one of my favorite, probably one of my favorite authors, uh, family friend, uh, obviously, cause he, he's a pastor and my parents were pastors. So he would stay at our house. This is back when like pastors used to stay at people's houses. Okay. Big name pastors used to stay at people's house. That used to happen. Used to happen. Now they go to the four seasons, but it used to happen where you have the preacher come over. He'd preach, he'd bring his family. They'd be at our house. So they'd be at our house. And I remember this uh, one particular moment when he came down, he was in a robe. Uh, I was up for breakfast. He was, I was pouring, I was making food and he was there and I was, Hey, do you want something to eat? You know, I'm, I'm pouring this. And he, he stopped and he said, you know, I am, I'm really hungry. He said, but I need to go. And um, I got to go read my Bible. And I said, oh, okay, you know, it's cool. I said, just, you sure? Like it's right here. He goes, no, I, I made a vow that I don't eat until I read my Bible. And I was like, you know, I was like, okay, dude. Like at the time I was like, all right, whatever. But now I look at it, it's something that I implement for my own self. I do not eat food until I've had my Bible reading completed. And that guy that I'm mentioning, his name's Rick Renner. Uh, he's written a big, a big devotional people love called Sparkling Gems of the Greek 1 and 2. All of his books are absolutely legendary. He's one of the greatest Greek scholars in the Bible. He will blow your mind. So he's been uh, he's been part of um, my toolkit and things I've learned from. And I always tell people any devotional that I read, I say Sparkling Gems of the Greek 1 and 2. Uh, they're massive books. Get the digital version as well if you travel because you don't want to travel with a book that size. It's too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah yeah it's i mean that's the simplest form man is like you know some are like you know working out and doing this and th those things are in there man but like i'm telling you high level leaders their biggest adversaries are all mine because they're so smart yeah that's that's been my experience too and and learning how to help people simplify, 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 and, and see it yeah. without overthinking it. Um, I, I'm curious, do you have your own coach for yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Two. When you hire a coach, what do you look for? I'm like, what kind of character traits? What do you call, do you call out my stuff, call out my crap, call out my blind spots, ASAP, like faster, um, harder, stronger feedback loops, really strong feedback loops. Um, because that's what your, that's what you can't see. Hmm. You know, um, I can tell them, I can, <clears throat> everybody has a story about how they think about something, whether it's good or bad or whether the story is even good. There's all, we all have stories. Um, but you know, that story has to change depending on where you want to go. So, you know, I, I see that to say, you know, is this story part of where I'm going? Is this helping it? Is it moving it in that direction? If not, it's kill it. It's out. How, how do you build the change muscle in your life? Right? Like, cause I, I hear you say that, like, it's like, okay, well I'm starting this. I'm stopping this. I think a lot of leaders, again, going back to that, cause they're so smart for their own good wrestle yeah. with change but I also think it's kind of like a muscle. You got to work on it. How do you, how do you work on change in your kind of normal rhythms? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you change right now. Like I've been inconsistent with uh, weekend cheat meals. They've turned from a day to three days, you know, 
and um, just time of year, whatever. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, you know, and you get older, you don't, you don't get extra cheat days. You know what I mean? You get less, you get, you know, one, you know, used to be a full day of cheats. Now it's like one meal. So, you know, it's, it's just turning that on and then turning everything around me as to why this is important. Uh, and, and, and having those things around you to, you know, whether it's even my phone says discipline equals freedom. Um, you know, because that's exactly what I'm implementing right now is the, is some of those small changes to where, you know, sometimes you get to the weekend and you just kind of whatever. No, like I was sucking at it again. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't suck at this. Like I'm really good being consistent. And this one is like, no, it wasn't working. I wasn't da da da. I was making excuse, eating a little extra, that sort of stuff. So yeah, just dialing it in and keeping that thing surrounding you, you know, um, that your eyes can see it as well. Hmm. So, uh, notes, things around you, uh, rewards for, you know, rewards for follow up and follow through. Cause you gotta get rewarded somehow. If you're taking something out, you gotta get rewarded. So there's rewards are, are powerful too. Yeah. I think that's good. What about you? Um, I'm not- me, uh, I like to try new things. I like to put myself in really different situations. So I, I say yes to a lot of things, even if it's not something I really want to do, because mm. I like I like that practice of being put in new situations for a couple reasons. One is that I there's so much I don't know that I like to be exposed to new things. So I'm always on mm-hmm. the hunt for like planning out what my next midlife crisis is. You know, like going to get a motorcycle license or you know, deciding yeah. to buy, get a gun for Christmas or something like, you know, just different, like, like, Hey, it's, I'm 43. Let's try, uh, you know, an ice bath kind of, yeah. you know, like it's my wife's like, Hey, can we just not buy one more thing? And I'm like, but I really need to try it to see if it's good or not. You could do ice baths in Ohio and just leave the water on outside. That's honestly. So what I did, I bought a horse. This was the compromise. Horse I bought a horse trough. Yeah. Horse trough. Right. And nine perfect. months out of the year, I don't even have to buy ice for it. It's great. No, yeah. no, it's perfect. As a matter of fact, oh I moved God. it in the garage because it was too cold out there. It kept freezing. And I was like, this is going to be like, yeah. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. So it's, it's fine. Every, you know, and my wife just looks, she walks out through the garage and she just kind of looks at it and, and she just kind of shakes her head and she just, you know, she's the rock and I'm kind of the wave in our relationship where she's super yeah. steady. And I'm like, shiny new toy. Let's see what we can do. Right. Like, yeah. it's dumb. Does your, do your sons do it with you? They do. They do. So my, uh, especially my oldest son, who's trying to bulk wow. for lifting, like he loves to hop in the, the, you know, he's yeah. like store and he, he, he's, he's almost 18. So he's way high. His testosterone's cranking at a amazing level and my middle son will do it but he's kind of like oh like you know yeah, and my daughter's yeah. like no thank you hard pass oh my gosh <laughs> that's incredible that's great <laughs> sounds fun uh i you know so a year from now what are we celebrating about what god has done in your life my my podcast family loves to pray how can yeah. they pray for you what what can they do to encourage you <laughs> and, and uh and what are we celebrating a year from now yeah, man, I think, you know, obviously just more impact with people, um, whether it's with orgs or whether it's with um, uh, individual leaders. I think there's um, some speaking opportunities coming up to just that those are blessed and um, in- increasing to just uh, I-, I just think that there is 
there's a there's a gap between you know Jesus following following Christ the Bible and like really dialing it in so that you know you do have the mind of Christ at work or in your mm-hmm. business like that you actually have you know something that your competitors don't have so I'm willing, you know, I'm willing to walk through that line based on what the Bible is talking about because I think you're going to be sourcing uh, wisdom that that other people aren't sourcing, which is going to give you results that other people aren't getting as well. And so I just think that that impact side to just have more opportunities in those spaces is 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 the uh, the big plan for a year from now. I love that. Love that. Uh, okay, I have one more question for you, but before I ask yeah. it. I know that the yeah. podcast family is going to want to connect with you all over the interwebs. Where is the okay. best place to learn all things Anthony Thompson? Well, look, there's probably two. On my website, there's a, a weekly um, growth email that I literally write out myself all week long. And it's like my heart and soul each week into a way you can grow. That's really practical. And uh, that's one on um, anthonythompson.org or just on Instagram. I just tell people, send me a message, um, what you're, what you're reading about. And then my day to day is always on LinkedIn. I, I, that's my playground is LinkedIn. So if you're on there and, and, uh, you're in the LinkedIn land, come hang out. Right on. We'll link to all all that in the show notes, of course. Uh, okay. Last question I love to ask people Mm. is an advice question. I want to invite you to go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, except I get to name the season of life that you're in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I want to take you back to the day uh, after, the first full day after um, you came to Christ with Benny Hinn, right? So you, the night before, you have this incredible experience, you're prayed over. The next day, at the end of that day or the beginning of that day, if you were to go back in time and pull up a chair in front of that younger version of yourself, sit knee to knee with him, hold his hands, mm-hmm. look him in the eye, and give him one piece of wisdom, what would you tell him? Well, I actually, yeah, I actually had somebody sort of tell me this same thing. And as I get older, it, I get a little bit more centered around it. And that one thing is that the the presence of God is the most important thing in your life. Mm. And so in different seasons that will be, you know, that, that, that one, you know, taking time in God's presence will, will be this sort of this wave of what's busy, what's not. But that is probably the one thing that I would consistently, consistently like move up and down from or wait for the feeling and what's wrong. You know, you don't wait for the feeling you make that the staple and then figure out the menu afterwards. That's beautiful. Really well said, Anthony, thank you so much uh, for the time today. Thank you for your heart and for what you're doing for the kingdom. Thank you to Amy for, uh, for connecting us via email. She's she's great. She's a great writer, man. Golly. I don't know if she writes those emails, but they're good. She writes them. Yeah, no, she does. She does. She's good. She's good. She's she's a great coach. So, yeah. uh, hey, I, I want to continue to stay connected, and I, I'd love yes. to have you back on at another time when uh, when we got something to share the world about. 
Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for your time, man. Thanks for your, um, just your attention, uh, your audience, um, be praying with you and, and the things that you have going on and, uh, pump for you. If, if there's anything I can do to help, please reach out. Let me know, dude. I'm, 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 uh, one of my, one of my things is just making sure the right people get with the other right people. So love that. Man, I told you guys, what a great conversation with Anthony. I love the way he looks at the world, the way he takes information and just consumes it and then shares it. I think curating information is one of those things that needs to be done more and more in our world. So be sure to check out Anthony, follow him on Instagram, let him know you heard him here on the podcast. That always goes a long way to share um, about how this podcast is helping you grow. So friends, that's it for me today. Forever thankful for you. Remember, if you want to connect with me, the best place to go, follow the number two leadcoaching.com. Also check out our life and leadership newsletter. And remember guys, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.